0: Well, uh, you know, I was thinking of something else, but I was reminded I was watching Matt Ray eat a cereal and his fingerless gl- gloves, little little Bob Cratchit yogurt, and uh, I I made some hamburgers <clears throat> on the grill tonight. Now, the deal with grilling over here is you're still allowed to use charcoal, so everyone uses charcoal to grill. It's, I mean, I guess you can use that anywhere.
1: But you're supposed to taste the meat, not the heat. That's...
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what that means, but it's great.
1: Oh. It's the king of the hillism. Ah, oh, yes, but
0: I but I, lo- I love a, I love a charcoal cooking, you know, you put it in that chimney thing and you heat it up and I I don't really know how to cook with charcoal very well, but that's that's not that's not what I came here to ask. What I wanted to ask is like how do you successfully get the hamburger on the grill? What do you do? Cuz I feel like I feel like I had it on the grill and it was like it was not going to happen. It was just going to disintegrate and fall apart. And so I don't know. And versus, I had some store bought chicken burgers patties. I don't know what you call them. And they, there's something they did to them. I don't know if Albert Hine like has a bunch of plastic in them or something, but they just stick together really well. And so like I don't know what's the secret of grilling a burger.
2: Well, did you? How did you make the patties? Is it just straight up just just uh, red meat in the patty <laughs> formation, or did you? Anything to congeal it a little bit?
0: Well, I, okay. So I had, it's hard to judge because it's in, it's in, you know, the the metric system, but I had maybe a half pack of burger. Maybe it was, you know, you get those tubes of burger, something they don't have around here. And uh, maybe it was one of those tubes, maybe one and a half of those tubes. So I took that burger and the burger here is a lot more stringy. It's more like um, a bunch of short worms rather than mm-hmm. sort of like, you know. Oh, wow.
2: that sounds no, that sounds appetizing. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and uh so I put that in in a bowl and then I put two eggs in it. Okay. And then uh just a bunch of seasoning and then I mixed it together with my hands and then I made mm-hmm. two, three giant balls of burger.
2: Okay. And then I put well, the wait. three uh, how like what well, how was well the total weight? I uh, I'd have mean, to go please. look it up. All right, this could be this could be the part where the mistake was made. 3 giant burgers. Now, the okay. end
0: result, the end result was like what I think is a pretty regular size burger, right? Okay. So, All right. Gotcha. So so then I made these balls and then I, I I put the ball on the grill and let it just cook for a little bit and then I pressed the ball down. Which I don't I I I've never done that mm-hmm. before, but I I had... All right.
2: So, let me just this is how we're going to solve this problem. Okay. One, I don't really know anything about cooking, so I'm not going to answer this question. But this uh, how do you say Paul's last name? Paul CZ, you know, your, your, your buddy.
1: Yeah. Over that, there at, that one. Uh, okay.
2: Yep. That one. So this is what he's going to do. Well, first request, we need a video on how to make hamburgers. Yeah. And two, if you watched the latest video, which was fantastic, it's in the show notes here where he made a brine out of big red. This is the best use of big red I've ever <laughs> seen where he barbecued an entire thing. So what I think you could probably not do is use Big Red on the hamburger and just somehow do it. But I, I would like to see if you could maybe brine the hamburger in Big Red, kinda like he did this barbecue. And then, cause like at the end, these this barbecue he created was, looked fantastic. I mean, I'm not that far, that far away. I almost thought maybe I should just go over there and <laughs> see if I could get some. But uh, so I think the the solution to your problem is Paul's gonna make a video on how to make hamburgers that don't fall down. In the, and I think I'm also, Kote, I'm just gonna prepare you I think he's probably not going to use charcoal. I think that's going to be a criticism of your approach. I don't think, I think yeah, he's not going to use yeah, that. Yeah. He's going to have a different way of doing it. So you need to be prepared to like replace your charcoal grill probably with a very expensive barbecue type <laughs> apparatus. Uh huh. You're probably going to need ingredients that are not readily available in Amsterdam. So be prepared to do some uh some of that. So uh so go ahead and that to me will be I think okay. the best solution. To this okay. Okay.
0: Okay. That's a good. That's helpful. I think that that makes sense. Now, you know, I was thinking maybe last thing on the topic. Maybe I was thinking what I need to do is I need to briefly cook the burgers in a pan and then transfer them to the grill so that they, they hold together. But so mm, I don't know. I don't know. It did work? But, that sounds like a good but, idea. But the the, the the twist on this question is that the burgers came out fine. I just had huh. some doubt. But, you know, you had. So wait,
1: wait, wait. Yeah. You doubted your burgers. Yeah. but They mm-hmm. came out fine. Yeah. So is the answer just I, more
2: confidence? I, Isn't this just like an answer, everything in life? Just say it more confidently. I, like, yeah, I feel. I feel like
0: maybe, maybe maybe you have accelerated three to ten years of therapy for myself. The answer maybe is more have confidence. You
1: it, have you tried saying it louder? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, as an American in a foreign country, don't you know that? That's right.
2: <laughs> so there are only. I just want to summarize. There are only two possible solutions to this. Yeah. Either one, confidence, or two, big red. I don't know which, but you decide. I let the listener yeah. go-
0: take it from here. More gear. That's 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 that's, that's what's needed. <laughs> somehow,
1: somehow I think there's like just just do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's what I I'm going to I'm going to try will I'll try out some things. I was even I don't know. I don't know. Like, are you supposed to put breadcrumbs in it, or is that like, if you're cheap?
2: What do you make a meatloaf? Yeah, no, I mean, come on. no, that's not. No, that's no longer a burger. I don't think you can do no, that. No,
0: that's not good. That's not bacon. Good.
2: But throw some bacon in there. That's always good.
0: Yeah, I put bacon Bake, on top or
2: bacon wrap it a little bit, mm. something like that. That'd be good.
0: Get a get a filet burger.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess we're really out of the burger scene now, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> I'd like to eat it.
0: Burger scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, like I said, it came out fine. It w- it wasn't that bad. Well, so here I I've been looking around. Things are going on out there. Not a lot of news, but there are, you know, I see some online events conferences I've done. I did a a webinar recently. It was fun. I did two webinars recently. And what I've been wondering, right? And and there's a bit of uh there's a bit of like uh-oh bias in it for me. Uh but like are are these online conferences are these really things? Like how are those panning out now? If you get Reggie Watts, everything's cool, as we know. Yeah, but
1: that's time time sensitive content.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's right. But but I'm just I'm still just wondering. Like, is this like what what's going on with that? Like now we had we had the uh, the WWW two uh, C whatever it is <laughs> and Worldwide
2: Developer Conference from Apple. Yes.
0: So like the first I want, I want to first thing I want to do is separate two things. Like mm-hmm. sure, if you're going to have a keynote and you're like announcing stuff and it's just like a really well produced press release, like that's its own thing. Right. No problem there. Whatever you got, you're going to have that. But then two, like, you know. You, you're looking at a spreadsheet of a bunch of talks that have been submitted to occur at a conference, and there's going to be like a whole bunch of hours of content of people who would normally go to a conference and they're just doing, you know, they're presenting online. I don't yeah. know. Is that good? Is that bad? What, what, uh, well, I don't know. I think you got to look
2: back. I don't know how much of uh, WWDC you watched, right? So there was, of course, the big keynote from Apple, which I thought broke with the tradition because basically they just did a really well produced video right and it had a lot of the styles of the presentation but they didn't make any pretense of like there was an audience there no you know sort of like they took advantage of like we're making a really good video and they like use an different commercial. locations yeah they clearly had a, a lot of opportunity to like you know script it out they had a lot of different people from the uh-huh. company and i thought that made sense it's like hey if we're gonna do a presentation and it's not going to be in front of an audience. Let's use the advantages of like creating a video that's really you know comp- more compelling to watch, right? And then if you watch some of their sessions, same idea. It's that they they didn't do the webinar style, right? Where mm. it's like there's the person at home doing the webinar and you can log in. They actually produced the videos as well, and those were again same very high quality production. And it's I think as a viewer from watching it, you know, if you will from your home. It was really not well done. It was actually better, I think, than than seeing someone actually give it a talk that, you know, either you can't see the screen well or, yeah. you know, or you're watching a video of someone giving a talk, which is difficult. So I thought this was the first time I'd seen it where it was really a series of very highly produced videos. Clearly, they put in a tremendous amount of time and effort to do it. But I thought it sort of took advantage of the fact that they were not, if you will, online. Versus right. trying to do that translation level of, like, okay, you know, we're just going to give you – like, there's going to be a talk at 9 a.m., at 10 p.m., and then everyone just joins different webinars. I, I actually thought, like, hey, this was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's – it's as I was explaining to my kids the other day, like, TV used to come on at certain times, and everyone logged in to watch these things. <laughs> and, and And so, like – it was it was almost like these events in Fortnite or whatever, where everyone agrees to show up at a certain time and watch some scripted piece of content. Like that's exactly how television used to work, you know. Like you know, seven o'clock on Sunday night, we all watched Simpsons. But now it's like, hey, we're all going to tune in. We're going to watch, you know, what is billed as a webinar or whatever, but it's really just a series of you know high grade commercials, you know, long form commercials that are going to make sure that we get a feel for what's going on. You know, clearly, clearly not live, um, and you know, for those of us who buy too much Apple gear, we're probably going to log in. Uh, but unlike you know, the TV of, of our of our younger days, like they immediately slap it up onto YouTube and all sorts of streaming platforms, and we can watch it and dissect it as as, as we want. So mm-hmm. it's almost like you know, hey, the new Netflix series landed and let's all go watch it to talk about it the next day or you can just binge it over the next week
0: so 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 what y'all are saying is so of course well not of course but like you take advantage of the features of the medium and don't try <laughs> don't don't try to foist features that are not in the medium in it right and well, and, and uh and that being like a you know i'm always aware then it's hard to use the word normal. What is normal? Is there a normal, <laughs> but like a normal, a normal yeah. conference,
1: <laughs> that Warren Ellis book.
0: <laughs> yeah. A, a, a normal conference sort of like has the in-person thing, which, which I don't, I think for me is, is like, you know, I don't like people. So for me, it's not actually about like the people being there. It's just more of the casualness of it. I don't know. There's something I'll have to think about that later, but Essentially, if you're going to be doing, you know, a, a webinars, conference series, you should take advantage of being able to like script and edit and re-record things. Oh, yeah. To make yeah. it more professional. Because I mean,
1: we're, we're all, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I get tired of sitting on web- webinar or, you know, WebEx or Zoom or, you know, whatever, because, you know, you're essentially just sitting and staring at a camera for, you know, m- multiple hours a day and then, you know you go to what's posed as a you know virtual conference and it's just watching someone do exactly what you do mm-hmm. right okay. and so you know you definitely have to level up the experience cuz or else it just feels like you're sitting in a zoom you know mm-hmm. and sitting in a zoom <laughs> so and so my my,
0: my follow up question here is uh so i i i like i said i did i've done two webinars recently you know yay me. And then uh, we have, you know, we still do these, like, uh, these executive summit things. I know Brandon loves those. And uh, I've got one up finally, coming up finally. There's this whole service. I, I'm sorry, I haven't sent this to you yet, Brandon. But there's this whole service where they ship you little airplane bottles of wine. And they have a sommelier on there to, like, you know, you you taste the wine at home as you, as you learn about, like, you know, um, high availability SSD arrays or something. Um, and, and like, so that's going to be fun. I heard that those go extremely well as, as you can imagine. Uh, but there's another one that I've been doing, that's going to be broadcast somewhere where English isn't the primary language. So they were going to have a translator, you know, a live translator, which is, which is, that's an experience. That's the thing that happens, so to speak. And I was thinking like, well, why don't I just record a video and you can like do the translation and then play the video. Right. So I did that. We haven't done this yet. But then in my mind, it's like, but like, if I told someone that I'm going to send you a video to watch versus like, I'm going to present it live, like, isn't that like, there's some perception value that's being lost there, like it, which, which an associated question, another way of putting it is like, how come we haven't been like pre recording webinars this
2: whole time? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, I think so, the reason so- I can answer that question. The reason that is, I think the legacy reason is the webinar was originally built out before it was easy to record and put video out there. But more importantly, you had to register. So there was this idea of, uh, um, uh, what is I looking for? Uh, you know, I don't know. some kind of level of demand, right? You had to be there to see it. And then what you were exchanging, you know, old Johnny Legion, you had to give up your contact information. To uh to see a uh, scarcity is what I was looking for for some scarcity, yes. right? Like it's only going to be at this time. You have to give me your email address. You only watch it for an hour and it won't be recorded and available anywhere else. So this is I know probably for many people on this call, it's like, what do you mean this? happened? That's actually how it was for a while, right? <laughs> the webinar would just be over. There was no recording. But now, of course, all the software pretty much, you know, records it or you have the capability to record it. And then, of course, many places to put it, YouTube, among many other video places that you can do it. So so I think it's this legacy thing that there's still a demand gen component to it. People do sometimes, you know, show up to it. But but if you had a mechanism that was just as easy to if you will post a video, require a registration to see it. And yeah, people did that. There wasn't this like perceived scarcity. Then I think the webinar would be completely dead. Like we would know. Right. Longer right. It, it. Like, and like that's, and that's what we want.
0: Like, like on YouTube, if you required people to like log in and then you could get their, their legion information, like, right. they, like, you, you know, have like, there's a, there's the platform that, that we use. My favorite is called like bright talk. And it's yep. basically like the YouTube of webinars, <laughs> which is <laughs> one of the better phrases I've, I've said this different. week. Uh, but you know, you you have to set up an account and log in to watch the webinars, and it's actually really good because you can watch yeah. the pre recorded well, ones. But but it is, um,
2: it is. They don't it, perform as well for that's a, this is the thing. The registration. If you just said, "Hey, the webinars out there, go register for it," it will not get as many registrations. Sure. That if you said, "Register on this day and time," because you'll see this time. big. Right. And that's well, why it still exists. That's why people you know, maybe, yeah, no yeah to replace yeah. that. It's, it's
0: sort and, of it's and, sort of like the first run of this webinar episode. And then maybe there will be some yeah. uh, there, there's some other things. But no. And and, and I I mean, the direction the, the direction you're going, Brandon, is what is what I struggle with is like it doesn't feel like the same thing. And like, you know, the three of us have 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 been in, in in the webinar world I'm going to try to say webinar as much as possible I've been in the webinar world for a long time and you know there is this thing of like everyone hates webinars no one hates webinars now on the other hand people keep showing up for them and people keep doing them and it turns out the people who love webinars are like your marketing demand gen people like they're great they bring in the leads and right. so like they they work and and I'm just wondering if like well, so can we just make a bunch of like pre-recorded videos and have like a lot of webinars? Because like the thing that brings people to the webinar, I mean, there is scarcity, but you also just incessantly tell people about it. And you go to your field mm-hmm. people and you're like, register people for this. And then you send it out in your email blast. And like, uh, I don't know, I'm always promoting my webinars and I have no idea if it actually does anything. <laughs> I, I, I I always get the feeling that people that like, Follow anything that I write would never see a webinar.
1: Well, somewhere there's a, a marketing startup trying to service that need, but I think what what works in in the webinar format, at least to me as an attendee, is, is I don't want I don't want someone reading a script because oh that's yeah. painful. Yeah. Um. And and so you know, kind of getting back to what Apple did, um, having a high grade recording that you know you've taken out the flubs or whatever and putting that but then still having the interactive component i think that's that's the key to like uh, a good yes. webinar As people don't want to show up and just you know consensually watch a youtube video mm. um or consensually whatever like collaboratively you know they all at the same time um watch a youtube video they want some sort of interaction right so you know okay okay you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so when like the hashi talks one uh you know i pre-recorded my session and dropped the video in there, and then did Q and A the whole time.
0: And yeah, yeah, that yeah, worked yeah, pretty yeah. well. So, so that, yeah, that worked. I I did one like that recently, and that was it was a talk that I really don't like, and I think is terrible. So I was delighted that no one said it was terrible, <laughs> and and that I was not found out yet again. No one knows I'm an imposter yet. Uh, and yeah. and uh, well, what, oh oh yeah, all right, all right. So then so then. To the point of what you're saying there's one of them that i did recently and it did it i did sort of notice in the questions that people like came with questions to ask right they were like yes. on this topic i want to ask you this thing which is that is like you know you know you know me and the audience asking questions i'm not
1: interested so i never really think about that so <laughs> yeah
0: right? I, I love it right yeah i, yeah, I yeah. love it
1: because it's me it's like well either either one they paid attention or two They had a question, saw that, you know, there was something vaguely related to their topic and they were like, I'm going to show up at, you know, 7 p.m. on a Sunday and sure, bring my Simpsons question. I
0: I appreciate it as a dipstick of interest, right? Yeah, like you can you can measure that, but it's just but but I think I think you've hit upon another thing that's valuable is is the the office hours thing. Right. So at this time, you you can get a chance to ask a question of these people. And so. This one webinar I was on, like there were a lot of questions like that, which, which, which I think is interesting. Now the other thing the other thing that we did in that same webinar is uh, this is one that I did with, uh, with uh, Craig McLucky, one of the, the Kubernetes kids. And uh, it was basically like a, a fireside chat, though we managed not to call it that, right? So like we had like some questions and topics we were going to go over, but there was like no, pr- no slides as they say. and there was just two talking heads talking with each other. Which uh, I went back and like I was editing it because I was thinking I should use some of these video excerpts or something, and you know, it was it was all right. it was, it was interesting, and like it made me think that maybe like another reason, another issue with webinars, I, I was thinking, and and maybe why presentations are different, and webinars are the way that they are, is like maybe the people doing the webinars don't spend a lot of time preparing, right? Like I I don't I don't know if like. I have to think about this, but I feel like another reason that webinars m- s- might have a bad reputation and they might be kind of lame is like the presenters don't always take them like super seriously, right? As as far or, or as they're like
1: presenting someone else's content,
0: right? Right, exactly. Or or they're not like a a professional presenter. Or yes, they're presenting someone else's content. Or it might also be like like some wackadoodle subject, like you know uh, the, the, you know, contemporary issues of concrete mixers in a COVID era with regards to GDPR, right? Like, like, because it's driven by like demand gen stuff, you might have such a narrow, strange topic that it's impossible to like have a good talk. And so like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's another reason why webinars are, uh, have, have a weird rep versus as y'all were saying, the, uh, highly scripted and polished, presentation you know not even presentation well just think about episode. it most
2: i was gonna say most people i mean it, i guess it varies a lot between different styles and different people but a lot of times people are asked to do webinars just it's just a one-time thing right like you're gonna do a webinar just yes. on one subject one time and so they're and if you think about it, like if if we step back and you think about popular media and, and entertainment like think about uh, a stand-up comic what do they do right they go out and practice and they hone a routine it's almost perfect right yeah and so when you're seeing it it's the first time you've seen it but it's maybe the 300th time they've done it and so everything is great every joke hits it's always funny and things like that now some people do give the same talk over and over and that's great it looks great but many of us i don't think are just are not in a position like you're you're told to give a talk one time to maybe one customer it's a kind of to your point it's very customized to them or, or a real segment of them. So you don't, you know, you're not gonna get three hundred reps at this subject, right? You're only getting maybe one. One, maybe one practice rep if you're really disciplined, or you're just like, Yeah, I think I got the slides, I'll just, you know, throw them up there. Let's go. Right, right, right. So right. You're just like IoT, like done. It. Yeah, and you just kinda like get through it and you're kinda like working it out as you're as you're going through it for the uh-huh. first time. So so I think that's part of it too. It's like, you know, I think this idea, but where you're going though, is back to, and I think this is why the Apple thing is maybe you know, a sign of the future is, hey, if we are going to spend this much time and it is really important, right? These conferences are kind of a marker. Like this is really important for the year. Yeah. Let's spend time, make everyone practice, write some scripts to the point that they know the script so well that they don't have to necessarily recite it, but they're actually, you know, they're, they're giving a very well thought out talk. And then, yeah, that's our content for this year. Like this year, so to your point about a series is like, we expect this content to last for a year. Everyone that wants to hear the story about Apple can go back and not only watch the keynote, but they can watch all the sessions on all the new features. And because everyone's going to come to that at different times, especially the developers where they're updating their apps. They're going to be like, oh, I need to go back and learn about this specific topic. And that well-produced video is sitting there for them. So I think that's the way to really think about it going forward. So it's almost more like, hey, just use this conference. It's like, let's get our 20 best videos built for the year And then what you're talking about, Kote, let's market them consistently. And then I even like the idea that you hit on, and I've seen this used internally, not so much, but like, hey, let's have regular office hours where like, oh, did you watch this webinar? Hey, attend this session. And they know if you come to office hours, the expectation is you're going to ask questions, right? That's why you're there. And that's maybe the place to get the lead gen going.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Uh. and and – platforms like twitch where you know you have developers you know streaming as they're doing things i think that's where you can hit a lot of the like in the weeds sort of stuff and the the interactions there are you know i don't know what the ratio of like watchers to people showing up with questions are but i I gotta hope it's it's a higher percentage because people feel the need to you know they're interacting with the host and and Probably you know some platform like Twitch will slowly supplant what we see as a lot of webinars um, it, just because it, it feels like a lot of those platforms are not that interactive mm. um, you know I mean you you hit the button to raise your hand versus you know just the streaming chat happening over the side and then someone you know trying to feed you questions um, i I think there's there's definitely there's definitely room for both, and I know that you know marketing sees a lot of value in both.
0: Now now another thought I was having, right? So the whole the whole the whole webinar versus just up on YouTube thing is is again back to like you want to identify you got you need the leads. You got to get the leads, right? And uh so it, it seems like maybe what you could do is you could basically have a, you know, so for one thing, you edit the recording of the presentation, right? Which is like you know, versus the way a live talk actually happens is just sort of like a mind boggling technology, right? Like I noticed when I was recording this, you know, and when I did these little silly, like, you know, one minute videos, I would do this too. But like, you know, you're presenting and you're like, that sounded stupid. And so you just, you just rephrase it right there. And when you go back and edit, you just edit out the stupid part. It's not quite like a, uh, like a, uh, you know, uh, what I understand a movie is like where the director's like, cut, cut, cut roll it back. Like you can just like keep going and just like edit it. So you can edit it, which means you can say things like in a more precise way, but it also means it can be shorter. Cause like a lot of like the length of presentations I do is just cause I'm just like fucking around and just like saying stuff as it occurs to me and like being kind of nervous and talking. Uh, So you can, you can really make it even, even like what if it's not like an Apple produced presentation, you can make it really nice so then, but then, so maybe what it is like, is like, you're basically just putting like a walled garden around like a bunch of recorded presentations and you need that scarcity to be like, Hey, you got to register if you want to come see this stuff, which starts to be a lot like, um, what is it like plural site or these things where it's kind of like an educational sort of video that you're doing, which I think actually fits pretty well into enterprise software. Cause a lot of enterprise software presentation is like educational stuff, like, What is our deal and how does it work? And then the best, you know, my favorite type of enterprise software content is the maturity model, which is basically (laughs) like help us help you put yourself in our funnel uh, of of sales.
2: But I, I think to pick up on that, though, I think the you know, I think we learn a lot from watching kids and YouTube here. It's like I think the biggest problem is this if you will, this like registration security blanket, like Mm. we have to like, if you watch kids watching YouTube, what all the YouTube videos at the, uh, and say like, or if you enjoyed this video, like, or subscribe, leave a comment below. Right. And if you watch those YouTube channels and videos, they get plenty of viewers, plenty of subscribers. So I think if, if you're confident in your content, right, if you really believe that you're producing something that is of high value, that is going to educate people that at the end, why not make the metric, like, or subscribe, you know, to this channel. So in this case for for you, it'd be maybe VMware or Michael Cote's, you know, tech evangelist channel. Right. And you build that up over time. And then I think what you're showing the marketing team or anyone doing demand gen is say, Hey, we're going to start with zero subscribers. We're going to get to, you know, a thousand, 10,000, 20,000, whatever. And at the end of each video, you're just going to have a call to action, right? And if you watch YouTube, right, right, their right. call to actions are like buy merchandise, sign up, do things. But like they know, I mean, I think those in that YouTube culture understands that like if I get 20,000 subscribers and or whatever, so obviously YouTube could be millions, so it's slightly different. But if I ask them to start buying merchandise or whatever, they'll eventually do it. And I think the same thing can be here. So maybe – The call to action would be, if you enjoyed this video, like or subscribe, we have office hours every week at this time, join us, ask questions and you know, it will happen, right? And that's the place to get contact information. I think people are just so afraid to like give up the webinar registration. And I think, th- I think the truth is the value of that webinar registration lead is much lower than what people really want to believe. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to get people to really buy off on that. Like, I'm sure all, like, the VP of marketing and CMOs that hear this are just like, no, I'm not. They're not. Right, right, right. they There's no way. <laughs> and, and no well, way am I it, giving up the webinar
1: yeah, leads. Yeah. Yeah, it depends where you are on the spectrum, right? I mean, enterprise software, it's like – you know, I don't actually need thirty thousand likes on a YouTube video. I need to know who those people are so I can send my inside sales after them.
2: <laughs> see, but that's
1: just the whole thing. That's what
2: I. That's what everybody believes, right? I but don't need them. Then to buy everyone a will complain about the LinkedIn. You know, what do all the people complain about? Like, I, even us. I see it in our community, people are like, I don't even want to move into LinkedIn. Too many people message me on LinkedIn. Why are these people calling me if I'm not interested? If you believe you have the right thing, right? let people reach out. It will happen. Okay. But if your organization, we're all going to believe that like emailing people on LinkedIn and calling them incessantly is really valuable. Then it's like, okay, believe that. But I think if we, if we dig down, we know none of us respond to that. Just got it the other day. I, on LinkedIn, I linked in somebody, not even inside sales. They're like, I'm sorry. I never log into this. haven't seen this in six months. And then they sent me like, contact me here. And it's like, all right. I mean, why, why are all the inside salespeople doing that? Why do we believe that's really that effective?
0: Well, well, so, so let's, let's, let's take this. You're, you're right to point this out. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm obsessing over the lead gen. I love the lead gen, but I think, so what are you trying to solve with that? In my, in my experience, what you're trying to do with that lead gen is, is, you're trying to, as you said, you're trying to get someone's email address so you can send them an email and be like, you were interested in that. Can I talk to you more about it? In whatever way, right? Like here's more stuff you want or, or whatnot. Like let's keep the conversation going. Let's be all clue train about this. Uh, and and to some extent, now, now what happens is you have, what do you call it, a conversion rate? You have a drop-off rate of people who aren't interested. And eventually there's like some people... And then you got to nurture them and then eventually they're qualified. And then you got like, you know, the, the golden leads or whatever, if if you can drink coffee and the,
1: the the wine bottle leads, that's right. <laughs> you
0: got the, you get the wine <laughs> bottle leads. Now, now that's a process for doing it. That is the traditional process, right? You cast a wide net and you narrow down to like the fancy fish that you want in it. But now with, with your, with your, your, gamer or YouTuber, whatever that is you know people yelling into the microphone when they run into a creeper or whatever (laughs) like right like you're 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 what you're doing is i mean you're still casting a wide net but it's a super wide net it's like as wide a net as possible but then the way you respond to that is different is what you're doing is i think you're doing two things one you're letting people self-qualify right you put your cta your call to action at the end. And if someone actually goes through the trouble of like doing that CTA and you'll have to do it like probably every five minutes, I'd, ha- I'd have to think about how the, the, the Minecraft yellers do this, but like you can't just do it at the end. Like you got to do it like interstitially. Minecraft yellers. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so you got to do that. But what you're doing is you're basically saying it's one thing to register for a webinar. Cause most people who do that, if they're and I, they don't actually not most but many people don't show up and it's just sort of like it's like it's like the insta paper of presentations it's like i'll go watch this later and then you never do and whereas if you have a cta and you actually respond to that cta in you say in situ in situ like while you're watching it that's a high amount of interest that you have so already in your sales process you have removed a lot of the resources the time and money it takes to get a qualified lead like As they say in Ghostbusters, you know, we got one. And so like, so you got that. So that's basically where you would get, that would be a great result for a webinar, but it would take a while to nurture to that point where you're someone who is like, please, Matt Ray, come tell me how I can make my mainframe compliant, right? Like come, come, come help me out with this. Now, the second thing I think that you could do, and I don't even know if like, if like inside salespeople do this with webinars, maybe they do, but But the other thing is like, oftentimes you do have a lot of leads, like you got, you got Salesforce and you're just like, this thing is, you know, suffocating me with all the information I have in it. What I don't know is like, what do I tell these people? Right? Like, I can't just be like, Hey man, do you want to make sure your containers are secure? Right? Like you got to like actually have some interesting conversation and content to have with them. And maybe if you have these like pre-recorded things or whatever, like that is some content to have. And then I've seen another thing. I forget what it's called, but one of, one of our uh, marketing people was showing me there's some platform that ISR inside sales reps can use that allows them to record like little two minute videos to send to people like little pop-up presentations or something. So maybe this whole like gated thing around a webinar is just like, there's better ways to get in front of the the prospect, especially if they've already registered a high amount of interest in things and then, right. But but to your point, Brandon, then what you need to do is have an extremely wide net. And then third or fourth, I've lost track of where we are in the uh, ordered list here. But like the other thing that I always find lacking is like, and I think it's part of the webinar um, thing, right? So a webinar thing, the people who arrange it, the marketing people, like at most a week later, they're done, right? Like, they, they have, they have two things, number of people who registered, maybe three, the number of people who registered, number of people who attended, and then number of people who attended who were in targeted accounts. Right. And right. those are like, you th- you report on those three numbers and you're like, I'm fucking out. Job done. Right. Done. But yep. not
1: out. That, that, that's the right, right, right. No, no. Care. And, and th- this, is, yeah.
0: this is, this is, this is the part that I'm, 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 I'm like, you know, uh, shuffling towards is like, it seems like there is a lot of work. That could be done in to make a long tail, like a medium plump tail on this content, right? Like, that is just like, and maybe I'm just complaining that people don't hype my own content very much. But it's just like, it seems like the machine could like, what's that stuff called that they make chicken nuggets out of like pink flow or something? Like there's all that like <laughs> there's all this stuff, this post consumer yeah, stuff yeah. that like it should go back into the machine and like be turned over and over again, but it, it never happens.
1: Well and 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 you know, the difference between you know enterprise webinars and the Minecraft yellers is like the the enterprise webinars and, and the like are trying to get people qualified to get them into a funnel so they can, you know, be qualified and you know, continue that engagement the the youtubers and the like the people who show up for the webinar are the product right they're they're just there mm. for volume oh of, of the top of the funnel there's nothing at the bottom of their funnel it's not like you know whoa you watched you know 37 of my minecraft videos you're now qualified huh. to buy you know a hundred thousand dollar software license no that's not how it works i just need a hundred thousand of you yokels to show up so i can you know sell you more youtube ads
0: fucking and yokels. that's why
1: like <laughs> <laughs> sorry i i'm not a big i'm not a big minecraft video watcher um
2: I, neither am bad. i but i see a lot of them <laughs>
1: yes yes um i know yeah there's a lot of that happening uh okay but hold but, on
2: like i think we should pause there for a second because i think you know this idea i because i'm just looking here like so so solarwind does has quite a youtube presence right uh, they yes. got 19 thousand yeah. yeah, yeah, people yeah. to their and so i think they i think they're one of many companies that take advantage of it. and i'll give you another one that's more closely li- related to us. So I like to list, watch into uh, downtown Josh Brown. He's a like financial planner kind mm. of guy on Twitter. He's cultivated a very large audience. His firm, uh, they call it The Compound. They have a web uh, a channel where it's just all they're talking about is financial advice. They do interviews about uh, personal finance and, and things like that. And it's clearly, and they also run a, ser- a series of podcasts. And their their goal, right, is, you know, the idea is like they're casting the net very, very wide. And at the end of all of their things, it's just like, hey, if you would like to talk about managing money or you need help, you know, contact us. And they have it in there. And of course, they're looking for like fairly high net worth uh, people and things like that. And I think those are just are good examples of they clearly have seen value. And I think it's in a more like, hey, let's use these these. Well, let's call them consumer channels to really broadcast our message really, really loud. And the content is good. And I my guess, I don't know what they are. Now, I know SolarWinds a little bit, right? I, I think they have pretty good conversion of, of those videos. Like, there's they know, like, if we invest here, we will see the return, and people will come to us, right? By just saying, come here, register. Yeah, in the in yeah. case of SolarWinds, it's download. In the case of that financial firm, it's do a financial con- consult. I just think... What we conflate in enterprise software here is we've conflated this idea of video, like video that needs to be live or video that can be watched, and then this webinar thing, and it's it's all because it's a historical thing. And it's like when you look at people just experiencing the medium for the first time, they're not even doing webinars. They're so like, oh, we just put it on YouTube, and then we and then we uh, um, and then we go ahead and we get our next thing. So I think it's a great a, a great way. I would love to see the webinar die, and I would love to kill it off if I can.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 There's, there's something, some, something solo wins is a, here, here, here is, here is to close it out. Cause I need to go do this, this research. The thing that's keeps scurrying around in my head, did y'all ever, did y'all ever read uh, like Luke Kniece wrote a piece like last year or this year or something. And it was basically like, I can't escape enterprise software sales or something, you, you know, it's basically <laughs> like these, these, he doesn't really curse in this kind of medium, but it's like these fucking enterprise software sales are killing me. Right. And, It was it was, you know, the kind of the the thing that all of us would rant about, which is sort of like there is an aspect of big ticket enterprise software sales. That's kind of Stockholm syndrome where it's just like everyone knows that this process is all fucked. And yet it's what we all do and want. Right. In the the sense of like so a solar wind sale is like very more or less like a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can get to the point where you're like, you know, way the fuck galaxy class Orion or whatever, and doing all sorts of things. But like, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I, I can, I can do it on my own versus like a lot of like, you know, if you're, if you're selling some big SAP system, it's not like you just like click on a link from a YouTube yeller and like, you know, you're running your supply chain. There's a, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> going on and, you know, maybe, maybe, I, I I often wonder, like, with all this obsession on, like, lead gen and demand gen stuff, it's because of the, the inefficiency of the enterprise software sales process, but also because of the inefficiency of how ambiguous enterprise products are, right? Like, they're not just, like, they're yeah. not just, like, you can just install the thing and do stuff. Like, there might be, like, a 500-page manual of all the things, like... I don't know if you all have ever looked into video editing manuals, but there's a lot going on there, right? Like it's not, it's, you don't just install the video editing software and you're done. There's like, you could, if you, if there were the equivalent of like professional services, people for video editing, you would use them. Right. So, so like, you can require a lot of usage, but maybe there's just like, maybe this is more of an indication of like the complexity of enterprise software is like way too much. And we should,
1: we should fix that problem. Or not? It's, like well, we maybe, can't. We may, can't, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every 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 sales engagement. I mean, when when it comes to you know complex enterprise software, every sales engagement starts with how do we reframe ourselves to match their problem?
0: Right, right, like right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, the, the this is a good who point. Are really
1: successful the people who are you know have like almost a self service model, like you know VMware back in the day, where they're just like. This is what we do and people, you know, just start dumping money on them. The rest of us are like, okay, you think you've heard of us. Let us re-explain what we do to you know, based off what we've heard you say about your mm, use case. Mm, and so mm. it's still Now, now, know, for, okay, okay. We we're, price, we're it's very high cut.
0: We're really unpeeling the worm here because I I think I think I think you hit on something else that's always running around in my head which is like let let me let me use another example. I, I'm sure this happens To people who are selling software all the time is someone's always asking about security right or they're always asking about compliance and like how how does that fit into there and and you know you just want to be like i have this conversation every single fucking time every three months we write some white paper there's an api here you can go look it up it's like there is nothing that i'm going to tell you except two things in this order one yes two let's <laughs> let's have another meeting to talk about it but, right it, it's yeah. just, it's just like but of course of, uh, of course it's secure of course it can be made compliant you just have to do the work it's like there's no there's no like 30 minute whiteboarding that is going to be valuable to you like it's just but,
1: but, but the point of all those webinars and twitch streams and youtube videos and white papers and you know Twitter blast and LinkedIn stuff. Twitter blast is to, you know, is to get someone to to that point where they're like, "All right, I think I understand a Tanzu. Why do I need a Tanzu?" Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And you no, still, I get it. I get it. You still, you you were not going to have somebody show up and say, "Shush, shush, shush. I want to give you one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. I don't want you to explain it to me. Just take my money." You oh, don't get that
2: anymore.
0: <laughs> I've been working towards that moment all my life. How could how can I Yeah. <laughs> th- th- so okay, okay. So this is the last, last thing. This this reminds me of a of a meeting <laughs> I once had. And, you know, we were we were doing the whole, like at some company I was at, we were doing the whole like show them the stuff and do the thing. And and it didn't occur to me well, it sort of occurred to me at the time, but you know, I'm usually in the periphery of, of these meetings. And this, this one person who was a CTO type kept asking us to explain basically how you would set up a lamp app. He didn't say lamp. He was like, how would I set up, you know, whatever you want, a Ruby, a Ruby thing <laughs> Linux, or, or a PHP thing Apache. with like a MySQL my database. That. Right. He was just like, just demo that to me. And like, we never demoed it to him. Right. Which is sort of like instead there there kept being this this you know this thing we're talking about here, which was sort of like, you know, but you don't understand what we do. Or or, you know, like it, it was usually Usually it's like you were saying is both sides of the table are like, we need to have, we need to come to an accord of understanding each other. Right. Yes. Whereas this, yes. this guy was like, I understand what I do. You understand what I do. I don't understand how you do anything. So can you show yes. it to me? <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> right. And and, and and so you're going to have a series of meetings. Where you're like, all right, we're gonna have a follow-up meeting where my sales engineer is going to show you a lamp stack on Tanzu. Right, right, and right. And 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 I oh. and, and
0: I and I think that's my annoyance with security and compliance stuff is the question that they really have is has some authority that I trust given you a certificate that this thing can be made <laughs> compliant? Right? And like what they don't want is they don't want you to say like all right, uh, let me plug in my monitor, and you bring to me your 300-page compliance control spec, and let's start, right? Like, no. like I, I'm going to open up the YAML files, and we are going to tag the fuck out of that, and just, I'm going to show you how you can actually implement all these controls that you have. Like, no one wants that. They just want to know that you got, like, whatever, that you're following some guideline, which is sort of like, I could just give you, you know, a glossy double-sided PDF that like lists all that stuff. But
1: but, but their eyes are going to glaze over a paragraph and a half in. Right. And so they need, they're going to show up, they've got their use case and they think that you have their solution, but for them to pull the trigger on, you know, a six figure deal, they need a lot more assurance, Mm. you know? And so that's why you work for those enterprise dollars.
0: I mean, I mean, you know, it's
1: it's a lot harder than liking it.
0: (laughs) Just, just like I, I, uh, I haven't seen a dentist in many years, but just like I, I tell, my dentist and my therapist, I know all those things. I just don't believe them.
1: (laughs) I just don't like them. I don't don't want to floss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you know, I think, I think uh, we got a little bit of input from the community. I think that Apple Silicon is actually fine. Good phrase, which, you know, whatever. I, 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 until I caught up on Slack stuff, I forgot that we even talked about that. So, uh, I think, I think I'm all, I'm all for it i like i like the apple silicon silicone sil, sil- silicon i i don't actually like it or dislike it i don't give a fuck <laughs> 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 i i think it's fine although i did i did just as a quick side note i did realize i was i was looking around for a power cord for my my uh my little macbook air here and uh i uh, i got one of my i got some just like USB-C cord that I'd gotten with some of my remote microphones from Rode and I threw it together with this other USB thing and I looked over at Kim and I was like, this is the first time Apple has ever used standard power cords and I don't have to buy these cords from Apple. And I, and I was thinking like, I remember how much shit Apple got when they switched over to these cords. And now it's like like so many things to, to you know, so many decisions that Apple makes. It's like everyone just like shits Apple's bed over it. And the next thing you know, they're asking to buy more of these shitted beds to sleep in in the future. Like they just love them.
1: I probably have fifteen Apple power chargers in my house. I know.
0: I, I, I brought over some, and I moved across the fucking Atlantic, so I have.
2: Yeah. I have a lot of them. Well, Matt Ray, but I just say Matt Ray, you do have nine different uh, laptops. That's the, your ratio is not that crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's yeah, true. That's
0: also, true. also you have five kids, so that's a lot of power yeah. cords that you need
1: sure (laughs) and a dog Uh, every and a dog yeah everybody (laughs) needs everybody needs their own laptop and two power adapters
0: yeah yeah well you know not much other news going on this week and anything anything hit your fancy before we uh have a have a software defined talk bureaucratic moment
1: (laughs) uh how's hay working out for you
0: oh right let me log into it right now i think i think my trial might have expired uh Uh i'm logging it now So did
2: you so this was you did obviously you did not uh did you sign up or well i i I, final moment is this
0: i deferred the decision i i don't know oh i've got four days left so here's here's where i'm at right now i haven't been using it so i got that going for me and i have 85 first-time senders i need to check on and this is where you quote-unquote train i put air quotes there you train it to uh know people that you want to be in your inbox. Now let me let me see if they fix this feed problem cuz I think I I got to I got to tell you if they I think someone I forget who it was, someone wrote in the old Slack channel there that they were expecting the feed to be like a nice RSS reader for your email and if that actually worked I think I would pay for it. But like I don't think it works that way. Like if you remember what I said last time, so the feed you train it And it puts all your newsletters in there, assuming you have some or whatever you want. And then it basically, it basically kind of renders the newsletters like you would an RSS feed, which is to say just a list of these things that you can read. But the issue is, I don't think it like marks them as read and makes them disappear if you read them, right? Which is sort of like, that's like if you had a stack of magazines and you read three out of 10 magazines. And, every, and then you went and got some coffee and you came back and you had to read those three magazines over again so you could read the fourth magazine. And uh, I don't know. I, I I overall like the idea. It's it's nice. And I could, I could get into it. The other issue... Well, actually, maybe it's not an issue. The other issue I, w- I would have is like... Like at Pivotal, we had Gmail. And then at home, I have Gmail. And so I use Gmail everywhere, right? And so it would be weird to have two email things. But now... Like we got Office 365, whatever that is. So I got two e- email things again. So I might as well have another email thing. It's not a big deal. But yeah, I I like it.
2: All right. So we'll do the cliffhanger. Tune in next week to see if Kote pays the full subscription price. <laughs> yeah. We'll know. We'll know for once yeah. and for all whether you're in or out.
1: There's a difference between liking it and paying for it. I really, so, I, I mean, I really want that feed to do, thing to Cote work out. Watch
2: some Hey webinars. You know, get oh, on no. the phone with the Hayes uh, inside salesperson. He, he's and already do a
1: qualified, man. And do a they deal. They got to close him.
2: And, You're yeah. get closed
1: here, okay? You right. know,
0: I think I think to the points you we were making earlier, the problem is I just don't understand what Hayes deal is. And I'm not sure that they understand mine and are mapping together. I need, I want them to show me that they, they satisfy my needs and also are compliant. I need, and secure. To, <laughs> I need to make sure they're compliant and secure.
1: Well, they probably uh, got that going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's some boasting about that somewhere. Uh well, speaking of Brandon, do we have any feedback from listeners?
2: We did. We had a bunch of feedback this week. So, uh we did get the the note in Slack about uh some people like Apple Silicon. I my change is not uh, our my opinion has not changed, but I guess it's everyone's free to have their own opinion. So, fair enough. Uh, we did uh send some stickers out this week. So, sent stickers to Carl in Hobart, Australia. Had to look up where that yeah. was. And he says uh uh, keep up the fantastic, funny, and informative content. Well, I th- I'm sure we've done that today. So thank you very much, Carl. And also sent some stickers to Stein in Norway. He said he really liked uh, the Rancher interview episode we did a couple uh, couple of weeks back. So listen to the interviews if you want. And then finally, in a rarity, we got some Twitter feedback here. And I think this is just fantastic. And I'll have to read the whole thing to set the stage. So someone tweeted, uh, I guess Ben Gold, t- t- tweeted out the following statement. I want a tech podcast for people who hate tech, but also work in tech and also love tech. And so I want to credit Billy Cornado. I hope I'm saying it right. Right. His response was just at software defined talk. And I was like, Billy, you get us. You understand who we (laughs) were. So I was I mean, there's nothing else I could say. I was like, Billy. Billy understands who we are. I thought that was a, a great summary I of like the show. Like, subscribe, yes, yeah, like, subscribe, uh, hit, you know, send us uh your money and all that. I was like, Billy, you get us, so, so, so it's working. That's what I'm gonna say. It, it's working. Okay. I. It,
0: it looks like maybe you would say Corando.
2: Corando. I don't know. I probably. I'm sure I pronounced it wrong. Did my best, Billy. But I, I, I was okay. there, Billy. I saw it. And I really appreciate it. Uh, and of course, if you want a sticker. Uh, you can uh, just email me your postal address at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk dot com. Be happy to send you stickers anywhere in the world. So keep listening.
0: See now, now I while you were talking, I was looking back at the feed, and hey, it says the place for newsletters. Read them and just let them flow away. Now, where is the flow away part? That's what I want. I was promised flow away, but they <laughs> keep sticking here like a stagnant pond.
2: It's on the roadmap. Coach hey, let me jump in here. It's on the roadmap for Q2. It's oh, really good feedback. I, really appreciate it. We'll we'll be adding the uh, ar- archive, automatic archive feature in the next uh, round. We really uh, think that's great feedback. Uh, may, may,
1: maybe you've enabled the feature that everything shows up as new. They call it Hey Now. <laughs> oh.
2: Hey Now. Oh. <laughs> that raised the
0: same in that one. That was, wow. that was good. Hey not up. up. Can 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 you stop saying hey now? That's the, anyway uh yeah uh well as we mentioned there's a slack channel you can join. You should do that. It's it's very very fun. Lot of, Lots uh, of great conversations. And uh we're in the Twitter and the Instagram and the LinkedIn, you know, you got you got that going on. like And uh also the the KubeCon conference is coming up August 17th to 20th. That will probably be uh that'll be fun. We'll see if if they have listened closely. To our analysis and suggestions and how it affects the conference scene. I predict lots of conference talks.
1: Higher grade webinars.
0: Higher grade webinars. That that's gonna higher grade biz We need to uh I, I I watched an entire Instagram ad. I don't know if y'all see this one, but there's some there's some goofy dude with a goatee standing in front of a flipboard and a bunch of post-it notes. And and there's he's he's talking about how to do better presentations and run better meetings. And What I noticed about this is, of course, it had the uh, the subtitles underneath because people don't listen to stuff when they're laying in in bed at night, flipping through Instagram. But then the other thing that I thought was a genius innovation is it had a progress bar in the video to kind of show you that, like, you know, stay in there, man. Stay in there, man. Almost Almost over. Almost done. And sure enough, to the point of the yelling Minecraft people, uh, the CTA was like there was a book. And it was great. I'm holding this up as if there was the book. Here. We have written in this book our 15 years of experience in running meetings. And I and I
1: swear the book, like it looked like it was about five pages. Uh, <laughs> I just need a couple more inf- uh, in, uh, infomercials and I think I got the gist of it. But
0: I think, you know, that might be a that I, I could see that that would work. Right. Is like and you had to pay the shipping. Oh, yeah. He, you, he, they'll send you the book for free. You pay the shipping, which he said like 10 times. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that might yeah. that might be a good CTA is if like you actually want this book you know, then you uh, will give us it. I don't know. I don't the know.
1: Influencers. That is the key to influencers. Like the, the gym I go to, like he's, he's always talking about all the, you know, in, in, for, uh, Instagram, uh like exercise people. And what they do is, you know, they get up their followers and then they sell them a, you know, 1995 pamphlet where they pay, you know, 10 bucks for shipping. And if they sell, you know, three or th- three or 4,000 copies of that, you know, they make out like a bandit. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah that's the weird side of, of all that, you know, uh, influencers model is they come up with, you know, essentially useless stuff to sell you.
0: Speaking of, if you're interested in the (laughs) booklets that I have, you can go to cote.io slash books. And, uh, you can, you can, you can, you can get some, you can pay for a book there and you can also get some books for free. They're fantastic books. They're only about five pages long. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good content in there, but, Anyhow, when you're not, when you're not filling out forums to lead you in yourself so that you can understand how, uh, how the, this high quality webinar is compliant and secure. Brandon, what do you have to recommend to people to do?
2: Well, I've got two things. First, uh, I did an interview this past week with, uh, Kylie Grenier about digital transformation. So check that out. She has lots of good stories about working in the public sector and doing digital transformation in the public sector. Uh, All kinds of cool stories about San Francisco transportation. I learned a lot. Uh, So that's a good one. So go, you know, scroll back. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. And then uh, I also want to know, like, hey, have you got ideas of people we should interview? A few people sent me some. But if you've got ideas, I would like, like, you can hit us up in the Slack or just, you know, email me. Be happy to, like, look it over and always want to meet some new people. And then my recommendation this week is this podcast called Land of the Giants. So it is it's from uh, our friend's over, I think, at Recode or Vox, whatever they're called now. And they're doing this entire podcast is about a deep dive uh, look into Netflix. So this previous episode was all about the Netflix culture. And so they have this fascinating. Uh, I think it's fascinating. They call it part of the culture is to keep her test. So at Netflix. At any point, if you are not the person that's supposed to be the best at this job, you're supposed to basically get fired. So they call it the keeper. Do you keep the person or do you let it go? So as I was listening to it, I thought to myself, I always have so many questions about how this is like really implemented. Like, so like, do you do it like every day? Do you think, do you evaluate the person and if they're not doing well, do you fire them? Like, if not, how, how long do they get? If you try to promote someone and they don't know what they're doing. Uh, do you, do you fire them? So I just think it's just fascinating to listen to them kind of explain it. Um, and I think there are just so many questions, like so many of these, uh, very successful businesses, like if you really sit down and think about it, I think it would be very hard to actually know how to apply the keeper test. But I'm sure if I asked this question during a Netflix interview, I would immediately be fired. Mm. So uh, it's a good, uh, good, it's a fun podcast. It's interesting to listen to the story of it. And of course, this idea of like, I think all successful companies, whether they want to or not, this idea of branded culture starts to emerge so you can kind of like listen to the netflix mm-hmm. thing and hear their their brand of their culture and, and it's just kind of interesting look into a company we talk a lot about so check it out
0: i think this explains why netflix is not headquartered in germany like it's like they uh <laughs> i don't think that shit would fly there
2: right probably not work out so well
0: yeah huh. how about yourself matt ray what do you have to recommend
1: uh, so I I just finished reading uh, one of Cory Doctorow's recent novels, uh, Walkaway. Um, I seem to have gotten uh, on a kick of of reading uh, books about the not not post apocalyptic, but you know post capitalism fail <laughs> scenario, and and I keep thinking, oh, that sounds a little bit nice. Um, so so uh, uh, kind of like I, one of the things I noticed as I was reading it is is his books are kind of preachy, <laughs> uh, where where you know if 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 you've been kind of following along, uh, so you know he does boing boing, and you know he, for, he used to be uh, ambassador for the EFF and, and various stuff, and so you know privacy, human rights, you know all that uh, kind of progressive tech stuff is is his uh, wheelhouse, and so the books kind of like you know take a privacy tech scenario and then extrapolate it into let's tell a novel about it so you know if you're already kind of in that it some of it sounds like ah yeah i've heard this but um he generally does a good job of uh of uh bringing it together and you know speaking of this giving it away you know he's still doing the uh the putting everything out under creative commons and you know you get the content for free so uh yeah it's uh it's good I, I, there's a lot of stuff about it that I'll be thinking about. Um, but I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed the read. I, I should read his
0: books as I've said several times. Like, I started reading that one book that's in Disneyland and I read like 10 pages and they're always like, you know, smoking crack or something. Yeah. And, and like was, Down
1: and Out in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And I was yeah. just
0: like, I don't know, wherever, not, not content wise, but like, uh, flippancy wise, wherever this is going, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not into it. But like,
1: yeah, well, that's that's definitely a pervasive style. Yeah. Right? So
0: I, I uh, like I like his newsletter because he's just like batshit left wing crazy. Like, you know, he he uses words like plutes and just and yes. like, ah, oh, that's horrible. Oh, yes.
1: Walk, walk away is, is you know, is the uh, the conclusion of the plutes, right? Like people just give up on society mm, and conc- capitalism and walk away. The conclusion of the plutes. Mm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, my recommendation is, uh, you know, probably something that I've complained about before. So, you know, I think like a lot of people, I probably have gained back some weight in this, this, this COVID time of ours. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta not do that. It's a lot of work to, to be healthier. And so I, I started like changing like things that I do, like I don't eat like a big breakfast and, and I thought like, you know, I'm on the go, I'm an on the go type of person. Am I right? And I got to take, I got to take, the, <laughs> I got to take the kids to school. That's well, cause I'm in the yeah, Netherlands. So sure. like, you know, you know how it is if you're not in the U S like pretty normal. Uh, and so like, oh, I had to go to the embassy the other day or the consulate. I don't really know the difference and you have to wear a mask in there. It's very exciting. Um, anyhow, uh, so I wanted something that I could eat really quick. And so I started experimenting with the, the European breakfast where you get the piece of bread and a piece of cheese and meat on top. And then that's it. And like, and then you can also slice up some cucumbers to put on there, maybe a little bit of some spread. And it's pretty good. It's not so bad. It's a very like, even you get a piece of bread, which is a treat and some cheese, which is nice. It's a nice little breakfast. And as long as you have lunch around like 1130 or noon, so you're not starving, you can just kind of coast into that. And in, in a pinch, as, as I see the other, not the other, as I see Dutch people doing, you can take it with you on your bike. You can just kind of fold it up like a weird taco and then, or, or if it's only a slice of cheese, you just hold it with two fingers and the cheese might be flapping in the wind. Uh, but then you can eat your, uh, your bread with a piece of cheese on it. And it's not too bad. Now, what would make it better is if there was a bunch of brisket on it, but, you know, beggars <laughs> can't be the, uh,
1: Yeah. That's a, the that's a reason we had to cut back on the breakfast. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, my idea for a while there was like, if you cut up fruit and you put yogurt on top, that's healthier. But the problem is if you have like a lot of yogurt and a lot of fruit, then you're just in the same territory. You got to, you got to mm. limit it down there. Every what, day. Yeah. Well, uh, as always, this has been software Defined talk. If you want to get the show notes to this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 245. And uh, you can see the things we talked about, which are not very many, and things we didn't talk about, which are more numerous. Which are a lot. And, uh, you know, we each have five page books you can get. We only need 3,000 people to buy them. We can go live in... Uh, Fiji's too expensive. Where do you go live?
1: Well, we can go live in Amsterdam.
0: Yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> or Sydney. Yeah, we'll, we'll go live in a hostel somewhere. And, uh, you know. That'll be nice. Hopefully it doesn't smell too much. We'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye.